0: Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This
1: week, Simon, we're talking about Angostura bitters.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Angostura bitters. Tell me more. Yeah.
1: Well, Angostura bitters is a concentrated bitters, a herbal alcoholic preparation, uh, based on gentian herbs, and spices. The House of Angostura in Trinidad and Tobago.
0: So, bitters now... I had to admit, I initially thought it was going to be, like, ale. Because, mm. to be honest, I, I still don't quite understand why it, it... You know, the word bitter isn't the first thing that comes to mind when I drink an ale, anyway. But this is like a... like. It's almost like a, a, a liquor, then, is it?
1: Kind of, yeah. So bitters is defined as a traditionally alcoholic preparation flavoured with botanical matter, so that the end result is characterised by a bitter, sour, or bittersweet flavour. Um, okay. So one such bitter is Angostura.
0: And this is for a family that's on, was it Trinidad?
1: Yeah, so um, it's, it's it's made by the House of Angostura in Trinidad and Tobago.
0: Okay, right, well is there a history associated with this?
1: Let's, let's have a look. So, the recipe was developed as a tonic, by a German called Johann Gott Gottlieb Benjamin Got C, C, Siegert.
0: <laughs> Flawless. Um, it's like you, it's like I'm in the room with the German person.
1: Perfect. Uh, surgeon, uh, surgeon general in Simon Bolivar.
0: Oh, yeah. these Simon Bolivars.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. The uh, the liberator.
0: And th- this was like what nineteenth century then, early nineteenth century.
1: Yes. Yeah. So he, he started selling it in 1824, um, established a distillery for the purpose in 1830. It was based in the town of Angostura, now Ciudad Bolivar, and used locally available ingredients, perhaps aided by botanical knowledge of the local Amerindians. The product was sold abroad from 1830, uh, 1853. And in 1875, the plant was moved from Ciudad Bolivar to the port of Spain, Trinidad, where it remains. Angostura won a medal in the... Oh God, here we go. The <laughs> <laughs> Welthausstellung, Welt, uh, 1873, Wien. Um a large world exposition.
0: In bag. Vienna, presumably. Yeah.
1: Um, the medal is depicted on the oversized label on the bottle, uh, along with the reverse, which shows Emperor Franz Joseph I of Austria in profile. The exact formula is a closely guarded secret, with only one person knowing the whole recipe passed. Uh, hereditarily.
0: Oh, it's like the KFC of um of drinks. Yeah. Special blend of herbs and spice. I suppose it literally is a blend of herbs and spices, actually. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, because I mean, I've got some angostura bitters in the uh, the cupboard. It's very very nice.
0: Do you actually?
1: Yeah. Are it's...
0: you are you me right now? Do you actually have the pro- something in your house that we randomised on on Wikipedia?
1: Yeah, angostura bitters is quite common. Is it? Yeah. You put you put it in um in in Australia. There's a drink called a lemon and lime bitters um which is really really nice um but you can add it to things like gin and tonics uh, or just just angostura bitters and tonic water used to be uh our 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 mutual friend Ed Dunn's one of his favorite drinks till f- he kind bit- of forgot that it is actually alcoholic
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the bottle it looks half familiar
1: yeah and it, so it it's got of- this it's got this distinctive oversized label
0: yeah it looks like somebody there was a, an accident at the Worcestershire sauce factory or something like that and the wrong label because the rest of the bottle looks a bit like for the for those of you who are listening rather than looking at my computer screen right now yeah. uh it's it's a brown tall bottle quite thick, about the size of like a t- t- typical beer bottle and then the label extends probably about two inches higher than it should when yeah. we say oversized it's like vertically oversized um and the contents look like worcester sauce uh, they're like a deep brown i don't think i've ever had it it's very tasty so what what does it remind you of? What does it? What flavors does it elicit?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's kind of got its own. It's it. There's um. There's a kind of tartness to it, or oh. well, like a bittersweet, like they kind of like it described. It's it's more of a angostura bitters is extremely concentrated and may be an acquired taste uh though 44.7% alcohol by volume bitters are not normally ingested undiluted but instead are used in small <laughs> amounts of flavoring so you get them in um you get them in cocktails so in in an old fashioned that's usually angostura bitters um and a manhattan oh, uh, right. uh uh pico sour um uh champagne cocktails but yeah we i, I think i have some in the fridge the what t- is it so what
0: is it w- would you be willing to taste it neat and tell us what it tastes like when you just have nothing else with it. I can, yeah. So hang on,
1: I'll be back in a minute. Go on, I'm go, go on. And raid, the, raid the cup and see if it's there.
0: Well, hello, dear viewers. It's a rare time that I get to spend with just you on my own. I definitely called you viewers, didn't I? Sorry, I'm all over the place. I've got a very busy day today. I'm doing two videos. I'm going to Bristol to film tomorrow with my favourite YouTube channel. We'll get onto this. Um, and yeah, I'm just a bit, just a bit stressed out, really. Um, oh boy, not right. Right here! Really. I was
1: indeed correct. Here is the bottle.
0: Ooh, okay, this is exciting. We've
1: got a live tasting. So, I wonder if there is a. I'm going to read you what it says on the bottle first. Okay. So, Angostura Aromatic Bitters was first made in 1824 by that guy we were just talking about. And maybe just <laughs> is that what it prov- says on the bottle. Please <laughs> <laughs> no, tell just, me that's I'm, what it says I'm on the paraphrasing. <laughs> ...may be distinguished from all other aromatic bitters by its its fine flavour and aromatic odour. All the principal international exhibitions... Uh, at the, sorry, at the Principal International Exhibitions It's received the highest recognition Because of its delightful flavour and aroma It's become an extremely popular to use in soft drinks, cocktails and uh, alcoholic beverages It also imparts an exquisite flavour to soups, salads, vegetables, gravies, fish, meat, fruit juices, grapefruit Mixed cut fruits, stewed prunes, stewed figs, preservative fruits, jellies, sherbet, water ices, ice cream sauces for puddings, hard sauces, plum pudding, mince pies, fruit paste, apple sauce and all similar desserts
0: Jesus! Oh, the hell? Is there anything you can't add this thing to?
1: I bet I think you can just chuck it in anything. I did not know that you could use it in food. Or
0: in ice cream?
1: Soups, salads, vegetables, gravies, fish meat, fruit juices, grapefruit, mixed cut fruits, stewed prunes, stewed figs, preserved fruits, jellies, sherbets, water ices, ice cream, sauces for puddings, hard sauces,
0: plum pudding, mince pies, fruit pies, applesauce, and all other similar desserts. So they actually have um, a section of their website, on the Angus Store website. I'm just going to put in my date of birth so I can access it, Um, which is food recipes. So, for example, there's a recipe here for... Um, uh, pulled pork sliders with Angostura bitters. Oh, I bet that's delicious. Uh, which is, oh my god, yeah, it's an Angostura chili rub and a sauce, mm. which has quite a bit of this stuff in. Okay, okay, right, right. So, have a little. Can you have a little nip for us? Well, first of all, what does it smell like when you open the bottle? What does it smell like? Okay, here we
1: go. So, I'm unscrewing the lid as we speak.
0: Thrilling entertainment.
1: It's yeah. It smells like Angostura bitters. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, um, so it smells like an alcoholic mince pie filling.
0: Yeah. I'm so with you. I can, I can that. kind I can of a that. smell.
1: So it's got, you can smell all the kind of the, the various different spices and, and yeah, I would, the closest thing I can describe to the, the smell of is, is the f- filling for mince pies. Um, but you can smell that there's clearly a lot of alcohol in it because it's got quite a kick. And it's, yeah, well, it's 44.7% alcohol.
0: Is it quite a Christmassy drink? Like, is it something you'd have at Christmas?
1: No, it's not like, so I, I would think of a Christmassy drink as something like Cointreau, the orange liqueur. Yeah. Angostura you can have all year round, but I imagine it would go very well when you're making Christmassy things because it's got this spiciness, you know.
0: Okay, right, so that's the smell. Give Give us a little, have a little, well, not a swig, but have a little tipple. Tell what does it taste like.
1: I'll try one but bit more. Oh, it's of course, very, yeah. It's very very strong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, It's neat.
1: <laughs> so it hits your tongue, and it's almost got a menthol quality. It kind of not numbs it, but it you got you get like a. There's so many herbs that you can taste in it too. It's there's so many spices. I mean, so Hang on, I'll try once more. <laughs> 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 mm. Right. Even song's gonna be fun. Yeah. So you can get immediately you get the kind of the 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 bite of alcohol. It's really quite strong. Um, but then you can taste. I can taste like cloves. I think and 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 yeah, the kind of the kind of spices that you would find in 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 mincemeat. So there's kind of a cinnamoniness probably there too. Um, but then there's also things like I can almost taste like cardamom. So it's got like a curry, not like, not explicitly curry-y, but the kind of spices when you're making a curry and you kind of like you toast off some of your spices in the pan beforehand, you get that kind of an aroma. It's got like a heat. Um, It's very tasty.
0: I I honestly, I mean, this is interesting to me because I don't think I've ever had it. it, Would it be fair to say it's more of an old person's drink?
1: I don't think so. I think it's a cocktail cabinet essential. In fact, I need to move it to the cocktail cabinet, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. We certainly would, we've usually had angostura bitters in the house, um, just because we as I say we can use them for, uh, for cocktails or just putting it into um, tonic water or sparkling water.
0: Sorry, but should, we, should we put it back? I don't want you to get in trouble with James. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's all right. I'll uh, kind of like a little bit more actually. <laughs> <laughs> be good what, Dan, be I, good,
0: what have I started?
1: Well, see, I I'm trying to be I'm trying to be sensible because I've got to be up. Well. I know that I'm going to have quite a lot of mulled wine tonight because it's the opening of the Christmas market, uh, Exeter yeah. Cathedral's Christmas market, which is absolutely brilliant.
0: You should go. Um, if you're an Exeter, you absolutely should yeah. go. Or in,
1: or indeed wider Devon. Make a trip down because it's absolutely super. But yes, it opens tonight. Uh, and I've been watching all week. The kind of the, the you know they started building it last week, and more people are kind of coming in. But it should be really fun. The cathedral choir are singing. I think they've got semitoned and uh, sweet nothings from the university to, our, to other a cappella groups singing as well. There's loads of stuff going on, but it should be. Um,
0: Maybe don't go on the first night. If I was to give some advice to to the yeah. audience, because when I went, it was like the Battle of the Bastards. In it was unbelievably crowded. Mm. Last, last year it was unsafe basically but yes, yeah, so you've got to be careful you can't have too much of this stuff do you want to go get have you got the um the chilli chocolate to hand we could do a, a, a live tasting of that just oh sure it. F- it. let's just do a, a Dan taste things in the house episode okay hang on
1: I'm going to go and put this back in the drinks cabinet and then uh, I'll go and get the chocolate
0: this will be a brief interlude dear reader I hope you're doing well I'm currently writing out questions onto uh, note cards for a quiz, which I'm doing with uh, with Hat Films uh, tomorrow, which are rather professional, if I may say so myself. But a uh, bit, of, bit of a work to get them done.
1: Are you back? Right, I'm back. I've got... Can you hear that? Ooh. Got the chocolate.
0: Oh, oh God. I'm so... I'm so... I was angry, the fact that you ate some before I could. I'm, I won't lie. I'm now just jealous.
1: So I'm going to try and describe to you the chocolate as well. Not only is its taste, but I'm going to try and give you an idea of what the pack packs like. And incidentally, if you go to uh, my Twitter at uh, Daniel J Moore, I did a, I uploaded a photo of what the packs look like. But I'll do my best to paint a uh, paint a verbal picture
0: for those of you who may be new, by the way, to the Oh, podcast, true, yes. This is uh, 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 from Theo Chocolate, which is mm. a company that we randomised on in a previous episode. Mm. And then it turned out that there was somebody... It was Vignesh who was able to buy some... I can't remember if they actually lived in... in it was Seattle, wasn't it, that it was made. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if, if he lived there, if he could just get access to some. He bought us some and sent it to Dan at the cathedral. Mm. Which is why we have this and why it's, It blows my mind that this is a thing which actually happened. That's why we're doing this and Dan what what is it what is it like well so
1: I'm currently holding the pack as as you can hear it's about the size of the old one of the old iPod nanos so not the really small square ones but the long thin rectangular ones so it yes, kind of fits yeah. comfortably in the palm of your hand it's a small kind of little taster block if you like it's not like a, a normal big block size of chocolate um but we've got four of these um two of which will be uh, given to Simon when I next see him. Yes. Um, there is a translucent uh, kind of wax paper seal around the chocolate. Um, and then over the top of that, there is an orange strip of, of, of another form of kind of wrapper that has the Theo chocolate branding. So it says Theo ghost chili, dark chocolate. There is then a picture of about seven chilies on the bottom. Uh, It's 28 grams, it's a one ounce bar, and on the back it says, we blend what is said to be the hottest chilli in the world, the ghost chilli, with our 70% dark chocolate. We balance the heat uh, and round out the flavour with other chilies, orange zest and sea salt. This bar is hot stuff. It's all organic and fair trade. Uh, The ingredients list is incredibly short because it's, it's, it's cocoa beans, cane sugar, cocoa butter, three different types of chilies, ground vanilla bean, orange zest, sea salt.
0: Oh, that's the way it should be. Right? Yeah, you, yeah. You want it to be nice and concise. So what colour is the chocolate?
1: Okay, so I'm going to open the pack now. This is I'm going to hold it near the microphone so you can hit it. Ooh. Ooh. It's
0: like there someone snapping okay, my so that was.
1: This is the orange bit being removed. I'm now down to the kind
0: of the wax and,
1: uh, the wax and paper.
0: Um, yeah, take it off. Take it off, you slag. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm taking
1: it off now. So the chocolate itself is very, very dark. As I said, it's seventy percent coke. What did they say? Seventy, seventy percent dark chocolate. Um, It's quite thick. It's got quite a. It's got quite a heft to it. I've now just turned the bar over so I can see what where normally the design would be on each block. But they're just two very smooth, very shiny. Uh, top's. It's got a lovely temper, I believe, is the uh, the term when, when talking about chocolate. So it's got a lovely sheen, um, a lovely Michael Sheen. Um, <laughs> I was
0: literally just about to say that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to bite off a corner now, which you can, should hopefully be able to hear.
0: Oh, here and you Here's, we'll let here's you some ASMR, folks. What goes on? Right, here we go. Oh! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay,
1: so... The first thing that's most striking is that it's incredibly smooth it's really smooth um, I, can, I can feel a bit of heat already on the tongue it's just kind of like a warmth that's kind of working its way back across the back of my tongue and down my throat
0: hmm. oh god someone isolate that clip <laughs> Dan at leisure in pleasure Okay,
1: I've swallowed because I'm a good kid <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, someone's gonna say that out of context. Yeah. <laughs> Forehead, um, do it. <laughs>
1: um. So yeah. So the chocolate's now gone. There is this. The heat is just building up in my mouth more and more. Now it's it's absolutely bearable. Like it's not it's not so hot that it's silly.
0: Now I just feel ashamed.
1: Um. But yeah, it's really smooth. I can taste the kind of an orangey sweetness. There's also a kind of a bit of salt there as well, which goes super well with dark chocolate. But I think what they said on the back of the packet is so true. They've they've rounded out and balanced the heat and kind of and and, and it's it's ju- it's really good chocolate. It's really nice. Um, I had a friend actually, funnily enough, who, who brought me some uh, psycho chocolate, which is chili and dark gin chili dark ginger beer chocolate.
0: Ooh, oh oh, that's nice. And that's yeah. got
1: bits of ginger and actual bits of pepper fl- flakes on the top of the bar. And I tried that, and that blew my head off. That was really spicy. Um, but this is just a whole other kettle of fish. It's r- really smooth. Um, Theo's ch- Theo chocolate. If you're listening, I'm I'm seriously impressed. It's absolutely delicious. Um, Mr. Chocolate, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's delicious. I think you'll really like it.
0: I'm lo- really looking forward to having some. It's gotta mm. be said. I I don't know when I'm next going to be down an extra. Actually, because obviously I came down for that talk. Um, oh, I know when I'm next going to be down an extra. It's for my graduation.
1: Ah, December,
0: in December, yeah. Not too. That's like a month. I'm going to be officially a doctor in a month. Madness. Oh, that is that is scary. I hadn't like, because I've always said like I, I I've refused to call myself Doctor Simon Clark apart from on Twitch, uh, yeah. Twitch TV Twitch TV forward slash Doctor Simon Clark um, until I graduate because I felt like it's just not proper. Um, but oh god, it's actually going to happen. Mm. Good God! Stop eating all of it. I'm
1: putting it it away. I'm I'm, I'm folding it. Yeah, I
0: can tell you're putting it away. (laughs) Right.
1: Okay. It's away
0: now. Um, It's away. Oh no! Wait. It just impacted on the surface of my mouth. (laughs) Oh, it's Um, lovely. God. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. I can pick it up for you when I come down for graduation. Yes. Absolutely. Um oh yeah the article is there anything is there anything else interesting about the uh, the bitters that we can talk about from the article we Angus- learned a little bit about the history
1: angostura bitters are alleged to have restorative properties
0: oh okay it was
1: reported to be a remedy for hiccups and is thought to be a cure for an upset stomach it's often incredibly um, incorrectly believed to have poisonous qualities oh god this is me who's been supping it straight <laughs> um have poisonous qualities because it's associated with angostura bark although it doesn't actually contain any which although not toxic uh, during its use as medicine was often adulterated by unscrupulous sellers who padded out the sacks of bark with cheaper poisonous capalchi bark oh, okay in 2007 angostura also started producing angostura orange which is an orange bitters
0: what is your favorite drink do you think as as in, like, not beer because i know that that's that's doom bar Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what is your favorite alcoholic beverage? Or, like, as a as a, a genre.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with. Can we refine it to cocktails?
0: Yeah. Well, liquor, liquors. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, then. Well, I'm a massive gin person. You as are we have, indeed, as we've as we've discussed. Um, I had the other day. I'm. In, I'm. If I see a Bloody Mary on a on a cocktail menu. I will usually order a Bloody Mary because I absolutely adore those because you can base you can have it's a, like a breakfast cocktail too, so you can have it whenever. But it's acceptable <laughs> to drink in the morning if you have a Bloody Mary.
0: You know, between that and you constantly nipping at the uh, Angostura bitters bottle this episode, I feel like some questions need to be asked about your drinking habits. too.
1: <coughs> yeah, I'm basically an alcoholic, um, as I think most students are. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, to Bloody be Marys are to superb. Through. However, I did have the other day at. Uh, the South Street Standard which is an amazing um, pub well not really a pub it's like a bar that also does food the food of which is unbelievably good um, it's usually where the cathedral choir go after uh, on a Friday evening or on a Sunday evening um, anyway I went there and they've released some new cocktails on their cocktail menu one of which they do a really good Bloody Mary but they also did a Maple Pecan Old Fashioned
0: oh okay so it's very Canadian. Like,
1: yeah, it's like all the all the makings of an old fashioned, um, with a kind of maple pecan liqueur added just at the top, and it is the most delicious festive Christmassy. It was just insane. <laughs> um, it was a delicious. I had far too many of those, but it was yeah, very very nice indeed. What about you? What would you say your favourite?
0: Um, as a, jo- I mean yeah, if we if we're limiting it to. Hard alcohols, mm. definitely whiskey. Mm. Like I, I, am very partial to port when the occasion yes. is right. Like when we were at Christmas the other, uh, New Year's, even um, a couple of years ago. Yes, and we got through a, a lot, a lot of port. Yeah. Um, but Tis yeah, just like whiskey either in cocktails or best of all just neat like i'm a big single malt fan if anyone's ever stumped for what to buy me for a present uh single malt is very appreciated Mm. um in fact it's a it's a holiday idea that pixel girl and i want to do maybe next summer actually go around scotland like on a road trip and just go from distillery to distillery and do all the tours and tasting sessions um yeah big big fan of uh of, of whiskey but apart from that i don't know i haven't drunk enough of the the full spectrum let's say Hmm. um i I feel like i I should probably expand my uh my personal menu a little bit you're you're better versed than i am i think but just by nature from the sounds of things of being in a cathedral choir just (laughs) exposed to alcohol (laughs) but um tell you what 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 i've been doing whilst we've been talking sorry i still can't shift this cough um so i'm i'm filming with hat films tomorrow Clang. And uh, yeah, Clang. Uh, Drop that name. Uh, And uh, the video won't be, probably won't be out by the time this comes out. I imagine they're not going to release it on Saturday morning. Um, But I have basically, what I'm doing with them is a science game show. Mm -hmm. Um, And the final round is some quick fire um, science facts, but science facts which are based around films esque memes. Um, okay so stuff which has happened on their channel, and I've, what I've got is these flashcards um, with Hat Films logo printed on the back, and then I've been, I've been writing out the questions mm-hmm. which I've been developing. Let me—I just want to make sure I haven't pitched these too hard because I may need to rethink the quiz. Okay. So let me, because I feel like you probably have a similar knowledge of science that these guys are going to have. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to hit you with the first few of these rapid fire questions. Sure. Okay. Um, right. <clears throat> I'm just going to shuffle the cards there we go uh, right question one which animal is prognat for the longest period
1: um oh I know I do know this is it a kind of is it is it something that lives in the sea no okay maybe I don't know this
0: it's an African elephant they are okay. They are prognat for 95 weeks yes yeah 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 so like nearly two years <laughs> that sucks anyway uh, which animal is Progaunt for the shortest period what does pregaunt mean? There are all the ways that, you know, there's that famous video of like um, girls misspelling pregnant. Oh, I and see. And it's like pregnant, oh, pregaunt. Oh, okay, oh, what, was the question? what was the question? Uh, which animal is, pre- is pregaunt for the shortest period? Um, Is this something that lives in the sea? Nope. <laughs> okay. Because most things that live in the sea lay eggs, to be fair.
1: Yeah, I was thinking whales and sharks, they have live births, don't they?
0: Yes, they do. The the, the animal which is pregnant for the shortest period of time is the hamster. Between 16 and 23 days. Wow. Yeah, right? Literally multiplying like rabbits, uh, so to speak. Uh, This is one of my favourites. Question three. After four months of being Thor Pragnarok, what biological process does a baby inside a human female start to do?
1: Uh, Grow fingernails?
0: It starts to urinate. Oh. So it pees inside the woman and then it proceeds to drink its own urine. Wow. <laughs> what a life. Can <laughs> disgusting. Well, I was It was f- all of Kim us. <laughs> well, it was all of us. Yeah. We all drank our own urine in the womb. That's nice. Um right, so hopefully easier ones. Uh how many gas giants are there in the solar system?
1: Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Uh there are, there are there's two. One?
0: There's four, Daniel.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> not there's Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Uh, not, yeah. Not Venus, which Smith famously yes, thought was yeah. a um a gas giant. That's so weird. Um, the,
1: f- the first thing I thought of was Venus.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's been infecting people's minds with yeah, his terrible really science. Um, uh, last two ones. Give your answer in Spanish. What is four hundred and twenty to the power of zero? Zero. Ah, uno.
1: Uno. Ah, uno. Good- okay. <laughs> Good, yeah, consistent Uno. Good, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, nice.
0: And then, I actually, this is quite an interesting one. Uh, which planet in the solar system has the longest day? Um, would it be the largest planet? You can guess that if you want.
1: That makes it. That makes me think it's not right. <laughs> um. So the largest. I can hear you googling. The, I'm literally not typing anything.
0: I definitely heard you typing that.
1: I put my hands on my keyboard. You might have heard that. Uh, um, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Uranus.
0: Uh, Uranus has... It's actually, for such a big planet, it's a surprisingly short day. Uranus's day only lasts 17 hours. Um, oh, the weird. longest day is noted gas giant Venus. Ah. Um, so it has a day that lasts 116 Earth days.
1: F***ing hell.
0: yeah. And so it hardly the, um, spins at all. Yeah, it just, it spins very slowly. And for both Venus and Mercury, the day is longer than the year because it takes longer for the planets to rotate than it does to go around the sun. Mm. Oh, wait, that, that is definitely true for Mercury. I'm actually not sure if that's true for Venus. Um, the And then, yeah, Jupiter, which is our largest planet, uh, its day is only nine hours and 56 minutes long. Wow. So there we go. Okay, so that's good then. That's like hopefully, hopefully they're about the right level that they can at least have a crack at them. Yeah. Um, they were. Hang on, I swear there are some good ones that are later on. Um, oh yeah, this is a fun one. Um, doctors now regularly grow skin grafts for burn victims from which readily available source of excess skin?
1: The the bum.
0: Yeah, I, I literally. I had to look up multiple sources to make sure this wasn't bullshit circumcised baby foreskins wow apparently one foreskin on average gives you about 23,000 square meters of grafting skin jesus so you can like grow presumably because of the, like they're baby cells you can they they grow easier or something like that and it's just a readily available source mm. um so yeah that's if you have a skin but graft like how umbilical cords dick.
1: are really really valuable aren't they because they contain so many stem cells yeah um
0: yeah. So, uh, so that if you want, if, That's if nice. you guys That's put were me interested... off my lunch, thanks. So. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, if you guys, he uh, says, reaching those...
1: for the youngest bitters.
0: <laughs> I need more of this. If you guys are interested in that, you should check out the video I'm doing with the hats. It should be really, really fun. Should we move on, Dan? To yes. your choral piece of the week.
1: Oh yes, I have to have a think. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please
0: so this week was remembrance um yes, it was. And presumably you did a lot of singing for remembrance someday, i did i did indeed right okay. would your one of your pieces of the week be from from your cathedral services well
1: i'm thinking i we had we had um i, I mentioned the de Ruffley requiem
0: you did and that was really nice
1: and we we sang that for the Service of the Faithful Departed, which was very very pleasant. What I might do is, given it's the opening of the Christmas market tonight in Exeter, I might give a Christmassy themed piece.
0: It's the fifteenth of November. Yeah, Daniel. but it's the opening of the market,
1: and it's not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not like a carol. Okay. So I think it's acceptable.
0: Right, go on then. What is okay. your piece of the week?
1: I need to check out a spellix. It it's really weird. So my Christmas week. My Christmas week, my <laughs> choral piece. Oh, well, there's the bitters. Um, We've my, already
0: begun. Even the song is going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, my choral piece of the week is a is a piece by the composer Francis Pott. That's P-O-T-T. Uh, and it features on the Votcher's 8 album Winter that they released in 2016.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I know it very well.
1: The uh, the song uh, is called Lalo.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is also a movement in um, Britain's um, Festival of Carols. Yes. Uh, oh, God, is, is, is that the name of it? Britain Carols? I can't remember. I, I recorded it. Um, Ceremony of Carols. That's it. Oh, my mm. God, if you actually search Britain Carols, the first um, video that you get come up on YouTube is the one that I recorded of... Uh, of um St. Peter's College uh, choir. Totally. <laughs> That's funny. That's mad. Um, but yes, Malululo. Okay, by pot. The
1: the the the, the, the I'm going to read you the lyrics because it's not super Christmassy, but it's yeah. Christmassy enough. So the lyrics are Oh my dear heart, young Jesus sweet, prepare thy cradle in my spirit's be like spirit. Um and I shall rock thee to my heart and never may from me depart and I shall praise thee evermore. But yeah
0: yeah and it goes on
1: um, but it's it's
0: that, it, it's the melody for that the one that goes um, oh my dear heart yes yes yeah. it is and ah, it's got yeah, it's this a nice
1: amazing piece. bass line the bass in it is just absolutely stunning
0: um, well, Did you? what did you do for Remembrance by the way what was your actual Remembrance Sunday like
1: we sang a very very difficult mass setting um, which was
0: the Frank Martin.
1: No, Richard Rodney Bennett.
0: That is not a real name. <laughs> yeah,
1: Richard Rodney Bennett's Mister Brevis. Um, it's really good. In fact, actually, I might stick in the listen to the Gloria of that. In fact, sorry, right. hold that thought. Oh, it, I want right, you to okay. listen to the first, the first forty seconds of this, and you'll get an idea of what I mean by difficult. Listen to listen to the listen to the harmony and listen to what the rhythm does because it goes from like. It goes into like 7-8, into 5-8, into 3-2. It's just mad.
0: Have a right, okay, readers, there's going to be a cut here whilst I have this life-changing experience. Bear with me.
1: I like it a lot. It's very good. It's very good. I really like it, but it was bloody hard. There were sections where I didn't... I, there was one bit where I didn't sing for about a page because I just didn't know what to do every note you try and know. sing or every note I thought of sounded wrong and that's the point but I just went actually you know what I'm not going to be any help here I'm going to wait until I can like pitch off the trebles again and, and go from there because it was yeah. just it was very difficult it was cool so though. That's,
0: that was uh, so you, did you do two services on Sunday then because the norm, normally in the morning it's a, a matins
1: I actually it? did four
0: four services in a day
1: yeah so we had uh, we had Eucharist in the morning and then we had the um, event of remembrance at the the Devon War Memorial, which is the one that's opposite the Cathedral West doors, that big stone. Yeah, column. yeah. So we did that. And then after that, we had the Remembrance Service, which usually takes the form of matins, but this wasn't matins proper. It was just a kind of a morning service. Uh, we sang um, They Are at Rest. Um, uh, what's that? Uh, Greater Love Hath No Man by Ireland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think. Something really easy as well, like Locusts Day as a as a processional, um, and then even song we did, uh, ha- howls in G, and this oh yeah that's high, that's a point we did howls in G and then the anthem Michael sang this massive solo and we kind of came in and it was the Anya Dei from Britain's War Requiem. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Which has a tenor solo throughout and it is bloody difficult. I. I I would have been terrified to do that. And I think even I think even Michael was was, it was hard. You know, I was going to say
0: like I'm guessing that he was like probably not even breaking a sweat, but like, like even he has his limits. Sometimes, yeah.
1: It was just just insane, and he hadn't done it before, so I think he'd basically looked at it the day before.
0: <laughs> Classic.
1: Um, but, it, but it was just it's it was a beautiful piece, but really atonal. Um, but yeah, very very good. But that was the music for for, for remembrance. Because I am, um,
0: I a Pixel Girl and I went to Trinity College Cambridge. Oh, nice! She was in Cambridge already from the night before. She went to a party, and um, yeah, so we we went to see Trinity College Choir, and they were just fantastic. Yeah, they were so so like you know, it's like when I can't remember if you actually saw Tenebrae or not for the Path of Miracles. Oh yeah, concert. I did. Yeah, and it's like how when you listen to the recordings of them and you think, this must be, like, well-engineered, like, you know, they're, they're going to be tweaked and just, like, they sound fantastic on this recording. But then when you hear them live, they're exactly the same. Yeah, they do. Because it just they're, just, good. they're just that great. And that was the same with Trinity. They were, it was so together. Like, everything was so spot on. Although, the amount, I don't know how they were so together considering the direction they were getting from Stephen Layton. As far as yeah. I can tell, he was giving them all direction yeah. <laughs> apart from the ends of words during the middle of phrases, he was just waving his arms around with no relation to the music at all mm. um but yeah, that was that was good. They did um the Howells Colreg uh te Deum, oh nice, which was a great piece, really, yeah. really great piece um but sorry so is that that was two services, or was that three services from you now, or did you do what four. else did you do
1: four for remembrance, yeah, um yeah, Eucharist, mark of remembrance, remembrance service, Evensong. and then this evening we have. Uh the Piccolo responses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is very nice. Uh Brewer in D, Banger in D.
0: And
1: <laughs> um Uh Ter Santo Terminum by uh by Talis. Talis oh no, not Teruch's anti terminum uh, Onata Looks.
0: Oh that's a nice one. That's underrated, yeah. I think. That's a that's a lovely yeah. piece. Right. We should we should probably move on from choral pieces because we I think like this was only meant to be a very short corner and we we've hijacked it.
1: Yes. So to summarise briefly. Richard Rodney Bennett, Masp, the Mister Brevis, look it up, and there'll be a link. Listen to the Gloria; it's really cool. And Balulalo by Francis Pot.
0: Fantastic stuff.
1: Now on to critics'
0: corner. <laughs> <All> right, <everybody. laughs> I mean, I suppose I've always already been critical of um, Trinity College Choir, <laughs> yeah. specifically the music director. Um, uh, oh, actually, that's something that I, I did, um, which you weren't able to come to. I, I offered you, but you couldn't make it. Was the um, going to see 2001 oh yes uh, in the science museum in 70 millimeter um first film i think i've ever seen in 70 millimeter actually which was an interesting experience because it wasn't it wasn't a digital like remastering of the film or anything it was trying to be as close as possible to what people saw in 1969 i think Mm -hmm. um which meant that um like some stuff did see like the composition of like really complicated scenes. Some of the things seem to be like a little bit misaligned, um, which is like fine. But what I did notice was there were like specks of, because the way that comp- compositing worked before we had digital compositors, would you would literally be like combining the image from multiple strips of film onto one master strip of film. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got like, it was an actual machine and so there was the potential for stuff to get caught in it. And there was a section about half an hour into the film where I noticed there was a f- very obviously a nasal hair like a short curly nasal hair that was making its way down the print like it no got really. stuck in the machine and it was just gradually migrating down the frame for like a good like 10 seconds that's and I funny. was like that's unfortunate that that took me out of the film a little bit but it was it was it was incredible like i it was the first time i've seen 2001 all the way through this is 2001 a space odyssey sorry for the readers at home mm. um uh since probably like 2000 and Eight, something like that when I watched it on a tiny 4x3 screen so to see it in the cinema was spectacular and it was unbelievably loud um, like physically painfully loud at points mm. uh, but it was really 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 awesome and the Science Museum IMAX is just a vast screen um, and, it, and it was nice actually that they, it was the same aspect ratio because it was IMAX and so it's that aspect ratio there weren't, there weren't any black bars right. so the whole the whole screen was just filled with the, the film which was it was kind of like a neat little touch, actually. Mm. Also, what was also a neat touch was um, the fact that they're using a 70mm projector. You actually could hear the projector. You hear this, like... <laughs> oh, that is cool. Uh, whereas, obviously, in digital cinemas, you're just so used to it being perfectly quiet apart from the film. In a way, I think that is better for certain kinds of films, certainly, but this definitely, like, added to the experience of, yeah. you know, being there in the moment. Uh, that was awesome. Have you seen oh, anything recently?
1: Oh, I watched the new... Installment in the Louis Through documentary series. He's doing a new series on BBC oh, Two. Oh, was, was this about um, uh, p- uh, polygamy, polyamory,
0: polyamory? Yeah, because we watched that as well. Pixel and mm. I watched it. What did you think? It
1: was really good. I was, I mean, I wasn't at all surprised by the fact that it was really good because he's a brilliant documentary maker. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to this another one coming up about being able to take your own life as part if you have a if you have a terminal illness or you have an illness that causes you a certain amount of pain. In certain states, and it's certainly it's only recently been passed in California, you can um, you can take a cocktail of drugs if you like to um, to take your own life. But if you're in ex- if you're in an extreme amount of pain, but it's not terminal, you're not allowed to do that. And there are these people who go around and basically t- teach you how you can take your own life in a in a non painful, ethical way. Yeah. Um, that would be a really heavy one. And then I think there's another one on adoption. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I've actually redis- I've discovered one of my new favourite things on Twitter in relation to Louis Theroux. Oh, is this
0: out of context Louis?
1: No, it's the um, Louis Theroux bot.
0: <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I've yeah. got to have a look at this.
1: So there's a bot that basically comes up with documentary ideas for-, for Louis Theroux. So it's called Louis Theroux bot. So for instance, today, seven hours ago, I'm in Indiana to meet Alexander, a former fishmonger turned presidential candidate who believes magnets make swans racist
0: followed <laughs> it's
1: it's really very funny
0: i'm in belgium to meet benjamin a former professor turned fundamentalist nun who believes fluoride is turning frogs gay yeah amazing oh and he's he's seen it himself described as pretty funny by louis Theroux. <laughs> yeah
1: there's a video on louis Theroux's, yeah he actually read he read it out he read out some of their stuff oh
0: that's good uh, cause, cause I, um because because i am there's also out no context louis which is um, that was like my favourite one was he did one on brain injuries and mm. there's just a, there's just this screenshot of him with the subtitle. So did you support Arsenal before the head injury?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, here we go. This is this is Louis Theroux reading out one of the bots. I'm In Amsterdam to meet Hannah, a former IT expert turned cybergoth who believes Hull is a portal to hell.
0: <laughs> Amazing delivery as well. Yeah,
1: it's very very fine.
0: So what did you think of the, uh, the polyamory one then? That was... I, found it,
1: I found it quite endearing. I found it quite hard to grasp. I had, and, and interestingly, James, my housemate, um, and I, we had a very, very long debate afterwards as to our thoughts on the whole polyamory thing. Mm. Um, and I think we both concluded that it was quite hard to understand because it fundamentally kind of not opposes but must be in conflict with the vast majority of people's ideas of, of a relationship. Yeah, um, but I thought I found it really quite heartwarming by the end of it, and and I, I did like points.
0: There was that one guy who basically he was married to a lady to his wife, yeah. and then his wife was in a relationship with somebody else at the same time, and all the parties yeah. claimed they were happy, but just like looking at him, you were like, you are not a happy man. Like no. you, f- I feel like she's just got into your brain and convinced you that you are happy. Yeah, because uh, was, he it was interesting. Yeah, like that the house where it was in like it was the most portland thing imaginable it was like portland oregon and they were all like 20 something all in uh relation like uh polyamorous relationships and they did some like couples yoga they worked as like herbalist healers or something like that it was just the most portland thing imaginable they seemed to be relatively happy and and that was where did uh, the sequence where he went to a, a sexual food party yes uh, can you describe what, what what that was all about?
1: Um, so he went and it was basically kind of like for feeders, wasn't
0: it? Well, I don't know if it was necessary because feeders, the whole point is to make somebody fat. Yeah. Right. Whereas I feel like this was it was an erotic act of eating. It was it was it was sex by proxy.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to see if I can. Uh, Louis Theroux strips off at essential eating party. So yeah. it's just you basically you take it in turns. You're either a f- you're either somebody who's helping feed the food. You you, you strip down to your underwear, and they've made a, they made a point of saying there was no genital exposure or yeah, touching or to touching, be done, yeah, because that would be just, yeah, in poor taste. I just um, wagged
0: a finger at the microphone then, as if you could see it. I was like, no, 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 but that, that would be in poor taste, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> We're British. So Louis was feeding people at the beginning, and then he took his clothes off sat cross-legged, put a blindfold on and was slowly fed. He, he was fed a lot of cheese, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. Um, he said but towards the end of it he quite, he kind of liked it though, didn't he?
0: Well, I mean, it's a win-win. You get all these like people around you who are having a good time and you get fed.
1: They, like, yeah, so there's somebody feeding you and there might be somebody behind you kind of like massaging you or kind of rubbing your back or just kind of being close to you.
0: But with um, other people, they were like full-on making out. They were like like t- like pleasuring people's uh if they were female they were like pleasuring their boobs and things like that yeah it suddenly um, became
1: it, same- it became far more kind of
0: it was a hemi erotic orgy
1: yeah that it was it, it became there was a level of orgy orgy, orgy. it's
0: <laughs> um,
1: a <laughs> big old orgy
0: but yeah it, it was it was an interesting watch like his he's just so awkward like he, he was like at the start when everyone was feeding each other, he was kind of awkwardly off to the side. <laughs> he
1: just kept looking at just... the camera, feed, like, "What's going on?"
0: And he made a point of the fact that he cut. He called his wife beforehand. Yeah. Uh, to uh to get permission, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, if you haven't watched this on iPlayer, if you're in the UK, it's definitely it's worth really watching. worth watching. Top lot. And so we find ourselves in Patreon corner, the corner where we'd like to say a brief thank you to all the people who have supported the show, make it possible for us to pay for our hosting, to make a uh, monthly donation to Wikipedia or the Wikimedia Foundation, and also to uh, basically allow us to squirrel money away for trains to go and film with each other, which we will hopefully be able to do soon. Mm. Um, This is patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. You can donate money there on a monthly basis. We literally don't want more than $5 a month. we, We don't want that kind of responsibility. But the people who do do donate five dollars a month are our top lads, and we'd like to say a special thank you to them. Who are they, Daniel?
1: So we kick off with Ben Dent, Ben McMurtry, and Billy Toulson,
0: Choco Cat, Connor Levers, and the one, the only Dan Hanvey. Love you, Dan.
1: Got Davi Shram vontabel Elliot Conway, and Eric Davis,
0: Bryce D. Wilkins, Habiba Amjad, and Henry Brewster,
1: Isabel Ostrovsky, Jay Wright, and John Mannion. Geordie
0: Eschendal, Carl Mutch, Lachlan Woods,
1: Lewis Watson, Marut Vakira Punyawat, and Matt Maguire.
0: Isn't it funny how, like, we struggled with that name so much when we started, but now we can say Lewis Watson so easily. Like, it's barely any effort. But in addition, we also have Fee Gascoigne, Rory Healy, and Simon Torseth.
1: And then I believe it's Tapio Tapio Kokinen. The Moustache Man and Whitney Fairies.
0: And last but by no means leafs. 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 (laughs) Last but by no means leafs. It's the wonderful Stephen.
1: Very nice. Thank you, Stephen.
0: But if those $5 a month to patreon.com forward slash the wiki cast is too rich for your blood, you can also donate just a dollar a month. We have two categories for that Team Cat and Team Dog. Trying to determine once and for all which is the best household pet. And it's the same as it has been for a while, Dan, isn't it?
1: Yep, 35 to 27 in favour of Team Dog. We've got, a, we've got a strong lead ahead there, which is marvellous. Strong
0: lead on your walk. Yeah. Um, come on, guys. Just just if, if we reach $200 a month, we're currently on $175 a month for the show, then we're going to up our support to Wikipedia to £50 a month. At yeah. the moment, it's £20 a month. So I think that actually would result from here to there in a net loss to us. But please, it's an important cause to support. We probably all owe our respective educations to the Wikimedia Foundation. Nobody mm. donates to it anyway. So let us do that on your behalf. Yes.
1: Top lad. So we're back in Crisis Corner, and for those who tuned in last week, you'll hopefully remember um, that we had a really interesting crisis this week. It was a bit of a relationship dilemma. It was a spicy uh, one, yeah. Yeah, a non-a goose uh, emailed <laughs> in, um, and basically, this person is in a relationship with another person, um, but it's a long-term thing. I think is that right?
0: Long distance, Long, and they have been together for a while. Yeah, they've been
1: really. they've been together for four years, strong and still going. Um, however, potentially
0: uh, not for much longer.
1: They're both having a gap year, and on this gap year, uh, goose has has met a love another another lovely person. Um, uh, they they really click with them, um, and uh, there is definitely a connection. They they have feelings of attraction, butterflies. They were they were wondering if they were feeling wrong for feeling these things um uh and Anonago says the thing is though i can't help thinking that a life with this person would be better than the one i'm in a relationship now um and uh so we actually have some uh, some responses in to us from our wonderful uh wonderful readership uh so shall we shall we kick off with some of the thoughts that people have on this uh This situation.
0: We do. And I'm delighted to um, say that we have a response from a love expert. They self identify as a love expert. Um, This is a -a non-alove who writes: Dear Papa Clark and Father Moore. (laughs) I really like that. Um, my take on this whoa relationship crisis is that this is a common thing to occur in long distance relationships and it's a common reason why they don't tend to work one may need physical closeness or another may just move on in nature there isn't anything wrong if you do move on however i believe it would be wrong to break up with a girl just to date another and hang on what and i've seen it basically i've seen it happen before and it can be a messy mistake if you choose to do it My advice would be, as her man, you should probably arrange a decent period of time where you can be with your girl and see your feelings from then on with her and see if she is completely connected to you because it may just be a long-distance thing, not that the other girl is THE girl. Because, after all, it is slightly difficult to have a strong relationship when being physically separated and exposed to other options. Now, before we sort of give our response, I think we have... Do you want to read out the other response we've had to this?
1: Yes. Yes so we have uh, our next response is from another Canadian Anonymous uh, and they're going to say hi Simon and Dan and Anonymous goose. As, somewhat, as a somewhat veteran of, of long, young, long-distance relationships, I thought I'd give some advice about this, this week's crisis. I think it's always important to remember that being in a relationship, long-distance or otherwise, is a choice first and foremost. Love and attraction is obviously important, but maintaining a connection with a person is about choosing to invest in them and your relationship. It's not about having exclusive feelings for someone or pretending that no one else is there, so you're not wrong for thinking that someone else is attractive. What you need to decide um, is how or even if to stay in your relationship, given these feelings." As I see it, uh, you have three major options. All of them begin with telling your current girlfriend that you're interested in someone else uh, to the point that you want to be with them. After telling her these are your options, one, break up two discuss being in an open relationship both you and your partner have to be fully on board this is the option that requires the most trust and communication it works for lots of people but only if all parties are in 100% and three stay together at the end of the day uh, which one you choose will depend on your girlfriend you know where you stand it's her turn to make the choice to stay with you or not i realize this requires a huge amount of vulnerability but i promise it's worth it in the long run good luck best another canadian anonymous
0: oh fuck f- yeah. Uh, no, not that. I've just seen Twitter. Uh, what's going on? Jacob Rees-Mogg has just submitted a letter of no confidence in Theresa May.
1: <laughs> oh, God. It a Christmas miracle. Oh, God.
0: He's my local MP. Well, he was, like, my home local MP. Is he
1: Somerset East or something? West?
0: E- uh, east. Some, but yeah, Somerset East, I think. Oh, fuck a duck.
1: Jacob Rees-Mogg
0: grown-up Walter from the Dennis the Menace comics
1: he submitted a vote of no confidence against Theresa May
0: yep he's called for a, well, he's called for a vote of no confidence uh, yes yeah, so the financial god
1: Times. he's such a backstabbing little rat isn't he
0: just look at him look at his little smug prick face
1: yeah and his uh, and his double-breasted jacket
0: oh Jesus like he's of, it's half of it is clearly an act and it's just like infuriating that it works well, I mean, the whole government's fallen apart like today after. So for those of you who... who are, well, that's this is dated the episode, but we're recording this the day when half of the cabinet resigned because of the Brexit deal that's just been agreed. And um, it looks like now everything's falling apart. The idea of Jacob Rees-Mogg as being put possible prime minister is just... <sighs> God, I'm so sick of Brexit, Dan. Mm. I'm just sick of hearing about it every morning.
1: Where did you see this, um, this thing on Twitter then?
0: Uh, it's a strange media stream. It was, it was trending, UK trends, Reese Mogg's trending, Brexit Shambles is trending, Jacob Reese is trending, Brexit Chaos is trending. In fact, the only thing that isn't about Brexit that is in the UK trending uh, tab is that the uh, John Lewis advert has been released for Christmas. <laughs> hmm. I'm just so sick of it. Are you not sick of it? Like, every f***ing morning, I wake up and Radio 4 is on, and... It's it's just every day relentless incompetence mm. or malice or ignorance and and just people like old white dudes almost invariably seeming to have no clue what they're doing but refusing to step aside for people that might actually know what they're doing. Mm. God, if imagine if Ed Miliband had just won. <laughs> coalition of chaos or this.
1: Yeah, it's, it doesn't really put you in the in the in the season, does it?
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. We're (laughs) f***ed. You're all getting coal for Christmas this year, but particularly you, Jacob, re-smog. You're going to get a punch to the face with a fist that contains coal. And it's still better than you deserve. Yeah. Anyway, that's f***ing... From one mess to another, this... Right, what's your take on this relationship, (laughs) Dan?
1: I think, you know, we should always be a part of the EU, there's you know there's there's something that we, I, I can, meant our anonymous crisis <laughs> yes <laughs> um, so I think the points that have been raised by our fantastic uh, readership are, 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 are very true you know um, uh, as another Canadian anonymous says as I see you have three major options but all of them begin with telling your current girlfriend that you're interested in someone else to the point that you want to be with them let it be for just even that you need to talk to your current girlfriend you need to have this conversation agreed uh, honesty yep. is best policy and then work things out from there i think the 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 kind of the options that that are described breaking up staying together or having an open relationship uh, are all perfectly plausible you'll have to figure out which one works best for you um it is a relationship and there are two people but you can only have full control and 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 and, and kind of insight into how you feel So I think that's something that's really important. If you feel that something isn't right and you feel that something has to change, then you need to instigate that, um, and explain why That's not, that's not to say that, you know, you're not trying to do it out of, um, malice or spite. Um, but, but you've got to do what's right for you. Um, but hopefully by talking to, to your current girlfriend or your current partner, um, you can come to something that's mutually more mutually understandable. You never know. Maybe maybe your girlfriend's in exactly the same position, but that you both haven't spoken about it. So maybe talking about it will will make things easier and you might be able to pursue the the, the route of an open relationship or, or or maybe saying, actually, you know what, maybe this long distance thing isn't going to work. Um I think what's what's what must happen is that you need to chat with your current girlfriend and, and have a, you know See I mean, see see where things
0: stand. I would offer a slightly alternative position in that I think you should not do anything about anything until you spent a significant, by which I mean like a week of time with your girlfriend in the same place. Yes. I feel like it is inappropriate to, cause, because basically what you're doing is comparing the reality of this new person to your mental image of your current girlfriend. And the current situation with your with your girlfriend may be very different to your mental image. I feel like you have to compare the reality with the reality. And obviously, you're not going to get the two people in the same place and, like, choose like it's a game show. Mm. Um, That would be simultaneously amazing and awful. Um, You know, I I just feel like it's disrespectful to your partner to basically rock up when... Because you're only ever going to talk about this in person, right? You're never going to break up with someone over the phone. Never, ever, ever do that. Mm. Um, They deserve to see you face-to-face, um, you, I think it's impro- improper to turn up and be like, hey, how's it going? By the way, I want to f*** someone else. Um, mm. I think we should end what we're doing. I feel, I feel like you have to spend time with them and, and remind yourself this is actually what the relationship is Like, like, mm. You know, because you're not going to be long distance forever. You're not signing up to being in a long distance relationship with your current girlfriend forever. You're signing up to hopefully being in a relationship with them forever if you're happy together. But that doesn't mean it's going to be long distance. Hopefully you're going to spend more time together. Um, I would say don't do anything about about this. I'd say possibly this is just a brave British thing and it's what I've done in relationships before is just to stiff up a lip it and be like, carry on until you've spent time with your girlfriend and you have enough information to be like this is how i feel about my current relationship am i really happy do i really want to be with this girl because if the answer is no then go ahead and do something about it you have to be true to yourself but i feel like in order for that to be a fair decision and to have enough information to make that decision you -hmm. have to spend time with them before you do so it's it's a tough one i mean because i've been in long distance relationships for most of the time i've been in relationships and yeah you know you do come across people who are like oh you're attractive But then like, I've never, I have to admit, I've never been in the situation where I've been like, I'd rather be with this person than my current girlfriend. So Mm. in a sense, I can empathize, but I also can't. Um, I'm also just an outrageously loyal person when it comes to relationships, and I stick around longer than I probably should. Mm. uh, In that at least one of my, no, actually two of my past relationships, of my my three long-term relationships, I should have ended before they did. Mm. Um, So take my advice with a pinch of salt.
1: Well, there we go. I think that's that's some pretty that's some pretty uh, pretty decisive uh, thoughts there for 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 an Anon- for an onigoose. I hope everything goes yeah. well, and then and, you know, conversations I we, and things. I
0: believe we have another crisis though for our readers to write into.
1: Oh, we do. Yes, we do. So we have an email here from a uh, uh, reader since the pilot, second time writer, anonymous. Another ah. one. Of them. Um. They begin, Dear Messrs. Moore and Clark, I'd say that my issue is at least twofold, so I'll start with the most immediately pressing. Uh, I'm currently about two months into my mandatory exchange year from a university where I'm already an international student, and I'm experiencing loneliness, the magnitude of which I haven't seen before. I'm signed up with several associations and I meet with cross-country skiing teams several times a week, but there's such a void of real connection. To add some context, to, my home, uh, to add some context, my home campus is located in a small town and has a student population of about 300, meaning that for most of my time at university, it's nigh on possible to avoid getting to know at least some people. This then stands in stark contrast to where I'm currently studying, considering that the student population here is about 133 times the size, hovering around 40,000. The city is even worse, going from walking around on a quaint little street in a town of about 29,000 to have to navigate six-lane roads in a city of more than two million. I also find that, because of the size, students here are much less willing to stand around and talk after class instead of scur- scurrying off somewhere, not to be seen until a week later. Further exacerbating the issue is that, because I'm on exchange, I'm taking uh, classes at several different depart- in several different departments, which, inconveniently enough, have built... Have Buildings that all seem to be located on different ends of the campus. Sometimes a walk between classes takes 10 minutes, which means if I don't really have time to stand around and chat either. I guess I'm not really used to being forced to actively plan and reach out to people in order to hang out, causing me to stay at home instead. Being home... Uh, then causes me to get even more sad and lonely which doesn't improve my chances on my willingness to greet people there is also quite a lot of social anxiety going on to make matters worse still my girlfriend studies at the university on the other side of the country that country being canada it's really far
0: um
1: and the week i spent visiting her is the happiest i've been all semester Uh, this university wasn't my first choice either and i'm having serious trouble disregarding uh that what ifs that come up when i think about the other universities i could have applied for um if you'd put higher up on my list Uh, This 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 email is quite a long one. So uh, there are three kind of other issues here. Um, The first one um, is the that anonymous is uh, they're suddenly finding I I suddenly find myself unable to find friends mostly because of the change in size of the student population, the campus, and the city. Uh, The second is they get anxious by the prospect of writing papers, uh, and I think uh, that this issue is stemming from they're absolutely scared, uh, (laughs) face terrified about the future. Uh, they say I know that I'm pretty much going to have to go for grad school in order to craft myself a career political science isn't the most immediately marketable degree I'm also pretty certain I want to move in with my girlfriend and work for a year first that part isn't too bad the problem is rather they have no idea what they want to do and the third issue uh anonymous thinks uh, that my self-worth is to an extent tied up in getting into the same elite universities that i imagine my peers will get into but i don't know what i want to study i can't pay for any degree and i'm increasingly worried that my undergraduate degree won't get me employed anywhere
0: okay so so to, to recap then they are unhappy at their current university because it's too it's a massive change in size yes campus city basically finding it difficult to find friends they are anxious about sort of writing papers and sort of studying suffering from almost kind of like writer's block about like being able to write i presume they mean essays and things like that and on top of all that their self-worth is tied to getting into universities that they perceive their peers are going to get into but anonymous but anonymous doesn't think they're going to get into them Mm. and so there's a huge amount of anxiety about what anonymous is doing how they are doing it and what they're going to do in the future mm. that's probably the the, the the tldr of all the tldrs
1: so that's quite a that's quite a, a quite a big one really isn't it
0: yeah so it's yeah so if if, if dear reader if you have thoughts on um what moose can do mm. um i feel like should we make this kind of more general in like how do you determine um well how do you make friends on a campus? Like how, how do you make how do you make friends as being being a functional adult? Um, how do you get your work done and how do you decide what you're gonna do and do you get anxious about your peers doing better than you I feel, I feel like that's basically the theme isn't it so if you have thoughts on that dear reader send us an email spongyelectric at gmail.com um, and put in the subject line crisis response uh, and we will read out the best answers in next week's episode except it's not going to be next week it be in two weeks time because I'm in Berlin next week oh yes um so it's two weeks to get your, your response in and if you find yourself in crisis you can also send us an email at that same email address gmail.com with crisis um corner in the subject line and uh we will anonymize everything that's sent in and read them out in this corner absolutely
1: all right, all right, all right. so it's quite a it's quite it's quite a busy day for Simon and i this one so we're going Very. to given that was a hefty, uh, a hefty crisis, um, and we're looking forward to hearing your responses uh, next uh, in two weeks' time. Uh, we're going to jump straight ahead to our fan fiction because we we've we haven't had some for a while. We had one last week from the wonderful Dan Hanvey. Um, the but the only. But, but uh, the previous weeks before there'd been a, a bit of a shortage, so we're going to go straight in with Chapter Two of Dan's a rather strange adventure. Um, this picks up from last week's episode, so if you haven't so, heard that one, we urge you to have a listen.
0: To briefly recap that, we were at home, a bunch of characters from the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has, have just appeared in your living room, <laughs> I think was basically what happened. Hmm. Okay, right. In which so case... sit
1: back, get comfy, Simon. Oh, sh-
0: I was just going Hang on, let me just rearrange.
1: I'm just going to have a quick, uh, quick nip of some more bitters, and then we're ready to go. Get... <laughs>
0: Dan's new favourite drink.
1: Here we go. A Rather Strange Adventure, Chapter 2. Unconsciousness is rather like being in a foreign country and not speaking a word of the language. Everything is happening around you, you're part of it, and yet you can exert no control over the situation whatsoever. However, unlike being in a foreign country, being unconscious gives you a tremendous sense of peace and calm, with no cares in the world. Which is just as well, since whilst Dan's subconscious uh, was discussing the benefits of not being able to influence the world, his frontal cortex was waking him and his conscious mind up to the fact that three characters from fiction now stood in his living room.
0: Oh, oh, okay. So sorry. That, that's really interesting. That like we know that they are fictional characters. Yes. Rather than us being in their universe. That's oh, okay. I'm on board. I'm on board.
1: A still shocked Dan was helped to his feet by the equally shocked Simon. He had not passed out as his colleague has, uh, but they was pretty certain that his heart had uh, not just skipped a few beats, but taken part in a cardiac hurdle, followed by an aortic long jump. <laughs> he stared at the visitors, dumbfounded. His brain doing backflips. What? Who? What? Came out of his mouth. The two he- the two headed the two headed man stared back at him. Oh, great, another ape man. This one can't even speak. Huffed the strange red robed visitor. His other head nodded in agreement. Simon blinked. Is that like a throat? Is that a shout out to um, my dad? Wrote a porno.
0: <laughs> Simon blinked. Simon blinked. Ooh. Oh, that's funny.
1: The wiry-haired man strode forward towards them. Hello, he said warmly. Sorry to burst in like this, but we're still working some things out. I'm Ford, by the way. Ford Prefect. Dan, by this point, had regained enough of his mental um, faculties to recognize the name. Ford Prefect, he shakily asked. As, as in, Ford Prefect from a small planet somewhere in the vicinity of. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. The wiry head man stepped back, surprised. Yes, he said, his eyes darting between the two friends. How did you know that? Hang on, supposed Simon, his subconsciousness beating back the absurdity of the situation for the time being, allowing him to speak. If you're Ford, and you, he gestured at the metal robot, are Marvin, then you, you're, you're uh, Beeblebrox, ex-president of the galaxy, interrupted Zaphrod proudly. I see you've heard of me. Kind of, stammered Dan. But I thought you were fictional. <laughs> Zaphod started. Fictional? What do you mean, like out of a book? Exactly, replied Simon, his subconscious now straining straining to stop himself from being overwhelmed by the strangeness of it all. From a series of books called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. At this, Ford eyes widened. You mean this book? He held out the black book in his hands, the calming words facing upwards. Simon nodded. Never mind the book, interjected Zaphod sharply. Marvin, we're meant to be beaming to the ice cream parlour at the centre of the galaxy and I don't see any regalian regalian ripple anywhere
0: <laughs> he, where are just we just inventing alien words now yeah. <laughs> like bodega style
1: <laughs> for the first time the robot spoke his voice was low and languorous and Simon and Dan both felt their energy draining as they listened to him oh sure he droned don't worry about me don't worry about how I'm feeling brain the size of planet means I must be able to handle dimension transforce. Marvin Paul gently interrupted do you know where we are I've absolutely no idea, replied the robot. All I asked was for the ship's computer to try beaming us up for ice cream using the Improbability Drives Matter Transfer module, and whilst it was doing the calculations, I told it I was feeling bored. (laughs) All five of them jumped as another voice filled the room. The TV had turned itself on, was displaying a white screen of scrolling numbers, and a cheery voice now emanated from the speakers. "'That's right, fellas,' chirped the voice. "'Eddie, the shipboard computer here. "'It's taken me a bit longer than I thought "'to crunch those um, those matter-transfer calculations, "'so I've shifted your reality to keep you happy "'until I'm done, which will be in two minutes, by the way.' Zaphod had strode over the TV "'and was now beginning to talk at it. "'What do you mean, shifted our reality? "'As in, teleported us out of the ship?' "'Not quite,' said Dan, shakily, "'not quite believing what he was about to say. "'I think you exist in a parallel universe to ours, One's, one, "'one where yours is real.' In our universe, you only exist in fiction, but you've been moved out of your universe into ours. He's right, folks, exclaimed the TV Eddie cheerfully. I use the improbability drive to swap fiction and reality, depending on your point of view. I just need to do it again, then I can send you on. Just step inside the circle and you can go. A glowing circle of light, about two metres in diameter, had appeared on the floor behind Ford. Better be quick, guys, cried the cheery voice. This'll only last a few seconds. As Marvin and Zaphod stepped b- backwards into the circle, Ford uttered had had a word that sounded like "frau," and spun around to get into the circle. As he did so, the book in his hand caught a pile of novels at the edge of the table, knocking them into the circle. Dan saw that at the top of the pile had been *Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince*, which he had we- recently reread. It now lay inside <laughs> the circle, glowing slightly with the same light of the luminous outline. As the white light filled the room once more, Dan put his hand into the circle to save the book. Simon had grabbed his other arm and was trying to pull him back, but the absurdity of the situation had hit him and turned his limbs to jelly. As the light reached its luminous crescendo, both men tasted metal again. Then everything went black. Simon awoke, his face pressed into the floor. This time he hadn't been so lucky with passing out. His head was pounding with such ferocity it sounded like he was on a train. After a few seconds of confusion he realised that although his head was pounding, he was also on a train. This part of oh my Simon's God. brain that dealt with rationality threw its hands up in despair, turned its back on his psyche and started to write its memoirs instead. Oh Simon, God, yes. groaned Dan. What happened? Simon was about to answer, but then he stopped himself. The voice sounded like Dan, but <gasps> something was different.
0: The madman, he went and did it! I know what this is!
1: I'm not entirely sure, he said sitting up. He shed, sitting up but why do you have he stopped himself Dan was sat on the floor in front of him rubbing his temple but But it wasn't Dan he was wearing a long black robe a pointed hat and his hair was longer than normal he then realised what was wrong about his voice Dan Simon quavered you're a girl Dan was staring in astonishment at Simon so are you "'How is that possible? What the hell's going on?' he gibbered. Simon looked around at him to try and understand what was going on. They were in a train compartment, big enough for six people, with a door leading onto a corridor. They both scrambled to their feet as they heard voices outside, stumbling slightly as the train shook. "'Yeah, I heard he was caught last week, found at the John Rotter Memorial Home for Injured Swans.' (laughs) "'Well, he'd blend in, wouldn't he?' The owner of the voice appeared at their compartment door. It was a teenage woman with long, black hair. She was accompanied by another woman with with slight acne.' Hello," said the first woman. "I'm Ramilda, and this is Eloise. I'm sure we, I'm not sure we've met. What house are you in?" The Hogwarts Express shrieked a piercing whistle. as Dan yes! and Simon stared at one another, dumbstruck. End of chapter two. I love it. So we have just met Ramilda Vane and Eloise. Is it Eloise Midgen, I think you're the
0: person who knows more than I do. I think
1: it's Eloise Midgen. She's got she had bad acne, and Ramilda Vane, who is the one
0: who try who tries
1: to make Harry take the um the oh the, the love, potion. love spiked yeah.
0: So, you have been gender-bent and are going to Hogwarts. I mean, we've both been gender-bent. Are we both female?
1: Yeah, because I said so are you.
0: Oh my god, we've been gender-bent and we're going to Hogwarts as girls.
1: So we're the best, we're, the, we're two young witches. <laughs> <laughs> the bitchy witches on that.
0: <laughs> oh my god, Yes. So I feel like... The, these, this this chapter and the previous chapter have been fantastic set up. But I want to hear more now. I, I want to know the female adventures of, of the Wikicast host at Hogwarts.
1: Of Simone and Daniela.
0: Yes! Yes, Dan yeah. v, You madman. You actually did it. This is super. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. Okay, I am... Um, I am so happy right now. I am so, so happy. The prospect of this story thrills me.
1: I cannot wait. Dan, we need the next instalment as quick as we can.
0: We do. Okay, right. Well, whilst Dan Dan V uh, is going to start writing that, we should probably recap this episode and we need to get on with our bloody lives. Absolutely. So, so, Dan, what have we learned about this Week.
1: Well, Simon, this week we've learnt about Angostura bitters. I, we have. Uh, I, I, I gave a, a, a free sampling as well live on the podcast, um, which was uh, maybe a bad idea, but but there you go. <laughs> um, I also tried some of the fantastic Theo's ghost chili chocolate that was sent in to us um, from a from a loving fan. So thank you very much for that. <clears throat> um, we then spoke about my choral pieces to recommend for the week. So I believe that was Belulalo by Francis Potts. That's an excellent recording by Voces 8. Um, and I also mentioned uh, the Richard Rodney Bennett, Missa Brevis, the Gloria specifically. All of these will be found in the show notes. Um, and then you reviewed... Oh, we we had a chat about Louis Theroux.
0: We had a chat about his, Louis uh, Theroux, his documentary. Uh, I reviewed 2001, uh, seeing that again. Uh, we talked about uh, remembrance stuff generally, mm. um, and we had quite quite the spicy, uh, quite the spicy. I have opinions on this week's crisis, mm. uh, and then a fantastic setup. This, this has been set up for a home run by Dan V the gender bent adventures of Simon and Dan at Hogwarts. Absolutely, I am thr- honestly thrilled by this. What a treat! Well, that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric.
1: Your favourite cocktails, wizard and witching spell recommendations, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd
0: love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and and we'll see you next time. How are, right. you, are you feeling a bit woozy? Are you, how's the alcohol That's you? That's fine. No,
1: I think mean, I've mean, only had a couple of little tipples. It's not. It's not uh...
0: Yeah, but you have the constitution and body of a bird.
1: Well, this is true. I actually am quite good at holding my. I am actually quite good at holding my drink. Um, yeah.
0: Little bird boy, come on! You could, little I mean, like... bird
1: boy, little fl- fluttering away. <laughs> chirp, 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 motherfucker. Um, <laughs>